Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time. It is Wednesday morning. The Jaguars getting ready for a home game here this Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers back on the practice field today getting ready for that. And some news this morning as the Jaguars have designated for return Brandon Linder and James O'Shaughnessy. They can be eligible for practice. They have 21 days to be elevated to the active roster and Brandon Linder back on the offensive line is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, neither one of them brings the speed that we've been talking about mm-hmm. as being the missing part. But Linder's uh, pretty fast for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it will make them quit. It, it, it will lead into big thing one that we're going to talk about here. It will make them better at the things that they do well. So, and good. And, and I've always thought that James O'Shaughnessy was a guy that, you know, you want a guy like that on your roster. He's not a one. Mm-hmm. Um, he could play two, but he's a three. Yeah. You know, but he moved the chains. You go back to that 2017 playoff game in Pittsburgh. He had a couple of big third down catches. He is good at being that guy. So if you can get him back on the field, it would be good for the Jaguars. Well, Shaughnessy got a chance, I think, with Dan Arnold being here. Mm-hmm. When they want to go to receiving tight ends, uh, I think he's got a chance to make an impact. I do too. If you package what O'Shaughnessy has done, if you extrapolate out, extrapolate to math words. Whoa. Oh, it, it's that's uh, a big word. If you um, take that, his best five games that he's had here and put him over 16 and then package them with Arnold at his pace, yeah. it's a decent little uh, uh, tight end course. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see how he does. Uh, you know, good kid. Let's hope he does well. Those two guys are good players. Unfortunately, they both have had the injury bug through the course of their career. Yeah. yeah unable to stay healthy long enough to build, although Linder has. O'Shaughnessy would just be getting things going, right? He right. was – a couple years ago, and then toward the ACL in Carolina. So hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of the year and help this football team. Yeah, and a lot of times I feel like with O'Shaughnessy, it's been asked for him to be the two, maybe even the one at times tight end. And Definitely. that's not his role because there's just been no one else to help him. Kind of an unfair ask at times. They're better at the position, like John said, so now let's see how he can take them and push them forward. Totally They're agree. better with both of these guys on the field. Yes, absolutely. Let's get into big thing one, which is – One step at a time. A really big task this week for the Jaguars offense that is only scoring 33 points in the past three games. The 49ers defense coming off a game where they held the Rams to a season-low 10 points. This offense needs to improve. It won't look dramatically different overnight, but they can play better, and they have to play better this week. Big thing, too, pass the hot sauce. This is Brian's new thing. The Jaguars defense is spicy. spicy. A whole new level of confidence to them. This is more upside discover with this unit. You look at someone like Tyson Campbell. You look at more takeaways. Unexpected players showing up like Taven Bryan. This is helping kill the taste of a very bland offense right now. See big thing. What well, we just talked about the defense is giving this offense a chance to succeed. And finally, big thing three is the Shanahan special. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan is known for taking personnel groups and making mismatches with them. This is a team playing better than their four wins show. And Shanahan is having a good time this week, I'm sure, looking at the Jaguars film and saying, all right, there's a hole there, and I'm going to work to exploit it. All right, so can we go back to the top? Yeah. Because what I really wrote, and you changed, which I, I totally understand, <laughs> is you know the old ad, adverb, or not adverb, uh, uh, proverb about how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. Right. Have you heard this, Sean? Yeah, he's heard it. Vaguely. Vaguely. Right. It's not my wheelhouse. It seems like a massive task to change 
the trajectory, which is another math word, um, of this offense, right? You, you look at it, you say there's no speed. They're not going to add speed. So how do they get fast? Mm -hmm. Well, look, you, this offense can't focus on what it can't do. It has to focus on what it can do. They have to be better in the running game. If Linder comes back, he'll help them be better. They have to be able to move the chains and stay on the field. O'Shaughnessy's a guy who can help them do that. They have to focus on what they can do and try to do it well, kind of like the old Packers, right? They used to almost point and go, we're going to run it right here, and we're going to do it on two. But you couldn't stop them because they were so efficient at running what they did. This team has to do what it does well over the next eight weeks in order to put points on the board. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous when you're referencing the 65 Packers in the in the 20 NFL, but I, I get your point. Uh, this is an offense right now that you don't feel like is, is all of a sudden going to start scoring 28 points. We've been saying it for a couple of weeks. Uh, what I worried would happen last week is coming to fruition, which is the compression of the offense is causing the fan base to lose their minds over Trevor, which is way premature. Overall for this game, uh, I think what we're going to say the rest of the season about every Jaguars game is, boy, this is a tough matchup because they're all going to feel tough when you're not scoring points. Yeah. Um, the key, I think, in every game, and we could probably tape this segment and just move on and just uh, replay it every week, <laughs> can the Jaguars' defense play well enough against a, a, a decent offense to keep the team in the game and win late. That's what they were going to try to do last week. It's what, they've, it's what they've done in their two wins. It's been decided in the last two minutes. It's what the Jaguars are. I think, it's what, I think the defense is playing well enough, though, this week to have this be that game, too. So here's the deal with um, the Shanahan special, right? Mm -hmm. I was kind of going with the food theme, right? Past the hot sauce for the elephant. And the I get special. you. I get okay. you. Um, Tom Coughlin always used to say when he was getting ready for the Denver Broncos, when Mike Shanahan was there as the head coach. and That's Kyle's father. So. Gotcha. Okay. Picking that up. And I think a lot of people know that. <laughs> Maybe not. But the Shanahan system that Gary Kubiak took to Houston that a lot of people saw, they get you to declare what you're going to do. You're going to keep your nickel out. You're going to keep your dime out. And then they have a way of creating mismatches and running different plays from formations that you've identified. They break their tendencies. They're very, very good at that. And what Tom always used to say was the best way to beat that system is to know exactly what every person who's out there does. Forget where they're coming from, but you got to know what the running back does, what the tight end does, what routes the receivers run. You have to be dialed in against Kyle Shanahan. If you recall, in 2017, a very good Jaguars defense was turned inside out on Christmas Eve mm -hmm. in San Francisco because they couldn't solve. It was, and Jimmy Garoppolo had just gotten there. Remember, they started 0-8 that year, and Garoppolo just gotten into the starting lineup. And you thought, well, this is not a very good team. It's a young quarterback figuring it out. New no way, man. He turned the Jags inside out. You've got to know who does what on that offense if you're going to beat them, which means and, these guys have to have their top mental game this week. Yeah. And, and what they really do well, they really run well in the tradition of again the Shanahan offense going back to the Broncos Kubiak yeah they get you outside they play they run outside zone you get a little technical and they uh they do that very well and then once they get that established they do things off of it they do play action off of it um again I it, it just feels like functioning teams which the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers are are going to worry this franchise right now because you wonder if this offense can go match another team's offense 
Uh, right now, they're not doing that. Which means the defense has to get takeaways. Yeah. The next step for this team is to get takeaways when it matters. And this yeah. is a hard defense. It is a hard offense to do that against if you're not stopping their running game. Well, without a doubt. They, but they have 15 turnovers this year, which is one more than the Jaguars have. Mm-hmm. So there are opportunities to get them. But there as are. John said, you've got to stop the run. Yeah, and before the Monday night game against the 49ers and the Rams, you saw a 49ers team with three wins, and you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with that team that's only – one more win than the Jaguars have. You feel good. And then you watch that Monday night game. You said, oh, this is a team on the uh, rise. Divisional uh, divisional matchup at yeah. home, Monday night football. Uh, but they do have mismatches. They do have guys like Debo Samuel and George, uh, Kittle yeah. who create problems for you. Yes. They've been very inconsistent. And now that they have Kittle back going. It changes their uh, dynamic. You know, again, this time of the season, I'm a big believer in does a team believe in itself? 49ers are starting to believe in itself, so it makes them dangerous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some This or That, presented by Price.com. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. It is Wednesday. It's Jaguars drive time. It is time for This or That presented by Price.com. We're going across the table to Brian Sexton. Yeah, this is this interests me because you're, this is all about, this season is all about identifying guys that are part of your future. And I, I didn't think that I would ever be putting Taven Bryan and Cam Robinson right. together. But Bryan, they both play premium positions. Uh, they're both former draft picks. And at the end of this year, they're both going to be free agents, right? So the question is, who would you rather keep? An offensive tackle who's going to cost you a lot of money next year, but Cam Robinson is playing well, finally starting to play like we thought that he would. Or Taven Bryan, who, again, for purposes of this conversation, I'm assuming that what we're seeing is them finding a role for him and asking him to do something he does well. So at the end of this year, would you you draft a Walker Little, right? It frees up a lot of cap room. You can keep Taven Bryan. But if you have one or the other, who do you keep? Oof. Well, as you alluded to, and it's not fair, if you can take money out of the equation – uh, I think you would keep Cam Robinson because he's playing well at the more premium position. Without a doubt. Um, but I don't think you can take money out of the you can't take money out of the I think that's part of the story. So, uh, in that case, uh, I would still rather keep Cam because I'm just uh, – more and more I'm becoming a big believer that if you've got a guy playing well, you try to keep him and don't assume that you're going to be able to plug and play. You bet. But uh, Taven's – I mean, Taven – unbelievably has turned into a very interesting story can he continue to make an impact in this in this uh scheme in this role he's playing because he's mattering right now and he hasn't mattered yet if i hadn't watched him turn quentin nelson inside out a couple of times last week i probably wouldn't have even put his name on there sounds gross that's yeah but he did (laughs) he did and remember in training camp ashland the head coach said, "I want we want to have him here talking yeah. about Dave and Brian. So clearly, John, they've identified something that he can really do to help them. And the last couple of weeks, he's really done it. Well, it's, it's 
it's interesting because there's never been any thought that he doesn't have the physical tools to play. Right. It's always been sort of field awareness and, you know, just, I guess, just being a natural football player that when you watch him, there's just things he's missed over the years. But if you can find a role for that, it's hard to find that combination of, you know, uh, or not combination, but just that raw strength and athleticism, yeah. which I guess is a combination. Yeah. yeah. Smoot said it in his post-game interview, I think, two weeks ago, and he said when Taven just moves forward, he's yeah. unstoppable. And yeah. it's clear that's the role. Just go, Taven. Go this way and wreck havoc in front of you. He is huge and freakishly strong, mm-hmm. which is why they drafted him. Yeah, it's that's a crazy this or that, because three weeks ago we would have laughed at that. I said, Brian, why'd you write that? But now you understand why? Yeah. You have a little more appreciation for me now? I do, no. yes. No. Great this or no. that. Of course not. No. No, I knew um, you wouldn't. N- no. Uh, <laughs> mine is, uh, and I almost apologize for bringing this up because it's been such a thing. Oh, you're negative but I get asked about it all the time. I'm negative net. I get it. But, you know, do the drop, regarding the wide receivers, do the drop passes hurt more or do the lack of speed hurt more? And I think it's interesting because – they hurt in different ways. Uh, the lack of speed is compressing the offense, and yet the drop passes are what you desperately need to convert third downs, to convert these big plays. I would still go with the lack of speed hurting more, uh, the lack of plays down the field, because I thought of this on Monday, Brian. Watching this team right now, watching them play offense, they feel like they're in the red zone all the time, meaning they're always playing against a compressed field. And I was watching the Manning cast, and uh, Peyton talked on that broadcast about something he talked about for years when I covered him, how much more difficult the red zone is than any other area of the field. To him, red zone efficiency, when their red zone efficiency was up, he thought that was when they were at their best offensively. Right now it feels like this team plays in the red zone all the time because – everything's bunched up, everything's in that 20-yard field, and it's brutally hard. So I think that's what hurts. Well, it's the speed to me. I mean, look, yeah. again, it's why I kept banging the table. Go dra- trade, 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 trade. Get somebody. Remember I said that a hundred times. And it's why I jumped in on the Odell Beckham stuff, even though I knew they weren't going to go ahead and grab him. Because you can't teach speed. You don't have it. You can't work without it. The, the safeties are squatting 12 yards up the field because they're not worried about getting beat deep which means they can send extra people to stop the run, which takes away play action, and your quarterback's got nothing. Which is exactly how you play in the red zone, which is so hard. Exactly. They've got nothing. Mm -hmm. So I would say speed because at least if if you've got a guy who's taking the top off, if you have DJ Chark who is going down the field and the safety has to honor that, it's going to open something up for someone else. And your quarterback would have more opportunities, more choices to get rid of the ball to a target. Right now... It is the lack of speed, in my estimation, 100%. Totally agree, because lack of speed would at least create the opportunity to catch the ball or drop the ball, drop the pass. And we've seen five crucial drops last week against the Colts, but the lack of speed is obvious that it's not helping a rookie quarterback right now. And that's why Twitter's going crazy about this guy, unfairly. Nothing's easy. And and not everything's going to be easy for a rookie quarterback, Mm -hmm. but it's fair to ask for a few things to be easy. Yeah, just a couple favors. And right now, nothing looks easy because – Nothing's open. Yeah. I mean, so I get John Brown on the field now, right? I mean, I, again, he's 31 years old. Is he the same speedster we saw when he came out of Pittsburgh State for the Arizona Cardinals? Probably not. But someone's going to have to honor him if he can run. You've got to have speed on the field. 
Indeed. Talking about speed on the field, let's go to the 49ers for this, this, or that. George Kittle or Debo Samuel? Pick your poison. Which guy do you want to pay more attention to this Sunday if you're the defense? Debo Samuel making a case for Offensive Player of the Year, 137 yards and seven touchdowns. George Kittle, a mismatched nightmare, well-respected for his blocking ability, and absolutely pancaked Von Miller on Monday Night Football. What do you think? Uh, what guy's worse? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> focusing more attention on George Kittle. Uh, I believe that the Jaguars have some matchups where they can stay over the top of Debo Samuel, a terrific receiver. He's going to make plays, just like they did when Stephon Diggs was here a couple of weeks ago. I think they can manage that on the back end. But in the middle, they have been getting killed. And George Kittle is such a matchup problem. He's fast. He's powerful. He is a really talented guy. Fifth round, by the way. Fifth round. You can find these guys, mm -hmm. right? You've got to look, but you can find them. Um, I would say George Kittle is the guy I want to take away. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Samuel, to me, I see him having a similar game as uh, Diggs. No, that, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Pittman, yeah. Um, with some crossing routes. Pittman hurt him against the Colts, but he didn't own the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, tight ends against this team have so owned the game so often that a guy like Kittle uh, really worries you, especially when you're playing a team that can run as well as the 49ers, and they'll be paying attention to that, which gives Kittle space to, to operate underneath. So I would worry more about Kittle considering the tight ends in the past. Yeah, and you look at Shaquille Griffin, who now a couple weeks now has shadowed that number one wide receiver, and Coach Meyer said it on Monday that he feels like this past defense is improving. They're, they're kind of taking away the explosiveness of that number one guy. So and There's familiarity there, obviously, yeah. from their time in the NFC West together. So mm -hmm. And you're going to get – in this league right now, you're going to usually give up some yards to the best receiver on the other team. He's going to have some play. That's why Pittman didn't really bother you that much. It wasn't great when it happened, but overall in the course of the game, he didn't wreck the game. Tight ends against this team tend to wreck the game because they give up those third down plays, the touchdowns in the red zone. So that's where they've got to stop. Mm -hmm. And that is This or That presented by Price.com. When we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network, some Ozone Snapshot. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Renewal by Anderson, official replacement window and door partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A better way to a better window. For more information, visit online at rbafla.com. The ball's caught in. Arnold's got it inside the five-yard line. He's going to have a first down at the one-yard line of the Indianapolis Colts. Listen, listen. We're going to bang this thing in right here. Lower your pads, right? The other thing here, we're going to go for two on this. They give it to J-Roll. Tries the left side. Dives toward the end zone. Touchdown! Now here comes that two-point conversion. They want to make it a three-point game. Trevor rolls right. It's a little shovel pass underneath to Dan Arnold. And an easy conversion. He walks into the end zone. <laughs> a lot of yelling going on there. Tight end Dan Arnold mic'd up against the Indianapolis Colts. You can check out that full episode as well as all the mic'd up episodes on Jaguars.com. We're back. Jaguars drive time on a Wednesday. It's time for Ozone Snapshot. This broadcast is Ozone friendly. Okay. We're going to Annapolis. 
Nick, what do you got for us? Hey, John. Is there enough evidence since the bye week to conclude the Jaguars' defense is actually pretty good, if not really good? Well, it took me a while to figure out, is really good better than pretty good? I, I guess kind yeah. of come out. Really, really good. Um, I think there, yes, there is evidence to show that this defense is for real. It's gotten to the point, um, and I'll, I'll throw this up to you guys. Um, do you trust the defense now? After a really bad start in a lot of areas, and even after the Bills game, I was still, okay, let's see him do it one more time. I. After the Colts game, I trust it. So I would say there's evidence to suggest that they have a chance to be really good. they got to do it every week in the league. Not every week. I mean, it's hard to play that well every week defensively. But over the course of the next eight games, if, if six of them are like the Bills and the Colts, would you say they're a pretty good defense? Yeah. You'd like to, mm-hmm. I think it's something now that you start thinking, maybe we can build around this and know what we have. How big is that for this season? It's huge. And I think you can go back. You can go back to the Titans game where for three quarters, right, until the pick six, for three quarters, they were stuffing the run. They were playing well. They didn't have enough at that moment to be able to catapult it once things turned south. But then they made the key plays in the fourth quarter, right? I think if you look at the way that they held the, uh, the Dolphins down and forced field goals, and the Bills and the Colts and forced field goals in situations where the game could have gotten out of hand, John, I think that's where you really look and see the progress. Five field goals, one touchdown the last two weeks against two teams now that were scoring better than 34 points a game over the last five games. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Yes, I trust this defense. You can see a scenario now, and I I hope this scenario happens, where uh, sometime in the next six months they'll be carting Josh Allen out for a mega deal. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I only say that to mean you didn't know what you were building around in this franchise before he started doing that. You knew about Trevor, obviously, but now all of a sudden you've got another core piece that I think fits into what we're talking about. I trust Josh Allen now to be great, and I think I trust the defense to be. You know, again in the NFL, it's really hard to play where they've given up one meaningful touchdown over two games. Mm-hmm. That's hard to sustain. But you feel like you can start counting on that more and more each week. Unbelievable positive right now. I'll put it this way. The, the defense early on might have given up a touchdown to the Colts on that drive in the fourth quarter, which would have put the game out of reach. Yeah. They knew they couldn't. They held them to a field goal and at least gave the offense a chance for the game-winning touchdown an extra point. They didn't convert, but they put them in the role to be able to do that. And that's why I trust this defense. Yeah, all you're asking for is a chance. And I think you feel good about the progress they're making. The only thing, and I don't even want to say it worries me because I don't think it'll happen, is you go back to the Seattle game where they were improving before that game and you thought, okay, they're going to be competitive this game. And then the disorganization came back. And we still really haven't figured out why in that game did it come back. So as long as you don't see that again, Mm. you feel good about this unit. Fair. Very fair. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh. Rob, what do you got for us? I always love how they just say hello to you. Hey, Zone, at what point do you expect the Jags to play Jordan and Andre? They are the future. Yeah, uh, they are, um, but I don't think they're the now. Uh, And I get that there is a understandable groundswell. We want to see Andre Sisco. Um, I think he has more upside. 
than Andrew Wingard. I think anybody would doubt that. But And uh, Jordan Smith, I don't think we'll see much this year. Drafted as a project. Uh, he's a defensive end linebacker. People aren't familiar. He was drafted as a project. I don't see him breaking through in a line rotation that's playing really, really well. Maybe at the end to see him, but not when it matters. Um, so I, I guess the answer would be, at what point do you expect the Jaguars to play him when somebody else on the defense isn't playing well enough for them to, to, to be in? And right now you're playing the best defensive football that they've played since, what, mid-2018? Yeah. I don't see him upsetting the apple cart. That's another little saying, Shlin. <laughs> um, Much to my surprise, Andrew Wingard has played pretty well. Yeah. Um, he's not your long-term solution, hence the draft choice for Andre Sisco. But he's risen to the challenge of holding on to that starting job. Mm-hmm. And here are we nine games into this thing, and he's held on to the starting job. It, when Sisco beats him, he'll be on the field. Yeah, and we've been asking, Coach, what's going on? Where's Andre Sisko? And they're saying he has the physical ability, but it's wing guard understanding the defense that mm-hmm. much more that's yeah. winning him the job. I think Jordan Smith, from what I understand also, is a ways away. Yeah. Was a ways away when training camp began, is still a ways away. Maybe next year you're finding a role for him on third down. Yeah, and even when they draft them, they said it was a work in He's progress. He's got to get stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Never upset the apple cart, Schlein. No, never. Let's go to section 410, Bobby. Hi, John. When do you think our offense will stop being so offensive? Um, Good job, Bobby. Yeah, you know the answer to that, Bobby. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's the old thing. Help is not on the way during this season. Uh, I was asked in the Ozone uh, mailbag this week. Um, so you're saying it's going to be until the draft next year? You know, I, I think it's going to be at least until free agency. Yeah. I don't really see where you know. I as I've said for three or four weeks on this, I think you will see marginal improvement. I think you will see games where, you know, success for this offense to me feels like if you can get three drives of 70-plus yards, two touchdowns, a field goal, and then maybe score off of a turnover somewhere and get to 23, 24 points, that sort of feels like unless something weird happens, it's going to be their high. So I think you'll see that get better with James Robinson. I don't think you're all of a sudden going to see a dynamic offense because I hope they do, but have you seen any evidence of it? No. Not yet. And eight games in, you sort of know what they are. Not, I'm sorry, nine games in, you know what they are. Free agency and the draft. I mean, John, yeah. DJ Chark's a free agent, right? You don't know where he is there. Probably not bringing him back, not paying him for sure. Uh, Travis Etienne's coming off a serious injury for a player of his style, mm-hmm. right? So you're going, at, you're, you're going to add two receivers in free agency and one in the draft early yeah. on, you know, on day two, if not on day one, you're going to go overboard with speed. You're and I keep bringing and it, bringing it, bringing it. Negative Ned is going to worry some Jaguars fans. It's hard at, at, at wide receiver. It's not hard to find wide receivers, but it's hard to find what we're talking about in the volume that we're talking about. Cause teams don't let it go. It's particularly hard mm-hmm. to find it quickly. When you, if you want a defensive tackle, there are certain positions you can go find. Elite wide receiver is not something. If I have one, I don't want to give it up. Yeah. Uh, so and then it's so it's hard to find them in free agency that are truly elite. It's hard to find them in the draft that are ready to come in and be big time immediately. There are exceptions to that. It's getting easier now, but I think it's going to be a progress where they get a little better next year and then find their guys and develop them for 2023. Two years ago, people wondered what are the Bills doing. 
when they send a first-round pick to Stephon Diggs or to Minnesota for Stephon Diggs, I'd say that's worked out really, really right. well for them. Yeah. They will have to turn over every rock and pick up the phone and call every team to find what they need. But you cannot, because we know rookie wide receivers too, um, you, you cannot just say, well, we'll get one in the draft. You're going to need more than just that. And I get two in the draft. Yeah. I can see that being uh, first three rounds if they like guys. Because really, you know, not to belabor the point, if you look at the rest of the team, um, everything else feels like it's at least serviceable. Yeah, linebacker, secondary. You know, every you need pieces. I'm not saying it's it, it's built to use that word, but you you're functioning. It, it's wide receiver where you must get better. I hate to say it, but where would they be if instead of t- drafting Caleb on Chase on two years ago, they had taken Richard Jefferson? Is it Richard Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Sorry. Yes. Him too. Him too. Yeah. Yes, Richard Jefferson was you need a you need player. two Justin Jeffersons, yeah, and right. you'd be okay. Where would they be? They, they, yeah. they would have they would have a speed guy on the field right now. Yeah, so who is killing it up in Minnesota? Yeah, with really. Keenan McCardell, by the way. So yeah, things are good up there with Justin Jefferson. The Jaguars need two of those guys in right. the draft this year. Justin Jefferson's father, by the way, went to Reigns High School. Wow, would you look at that? We're making connections Sean. here on Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday when we come back. Some closing thoughts here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Thank you for tuning in to Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday presented by Jet Home Loans. Head coach Urban Meyer coming up at 1130. You can watch that on jaguars.com live. We have Trevor Lawrence after practice with a press conference. And then the Huddle Up podcast with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, and John Osier this afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow morning right here on Jaguars Drive Time.